Welcome to Markets Now. I'm Michelle. I work with Ted Seifert, Zanarag Hedge, and we did have mixed closes in both grain and livestock futures trade. But Ted, uh, let's kind of dissect this a little bit. Corn and wheat futures setting back on the day. And, you know, how much of that was the bearish turn in outside markets versus just still report hangover? You know, wheat is going to be under pressure pretty much anytime you've got the U.S. dollar up almost a thousand points. So wheat, uh, it wasn't really report hangover. Wheat's report wasn't terribly bad. In fact, wheat uh, was the winner of the report on Friday. Um, but with that dollar being higher, that allowed wheat to come down and really kind of is a little bit of a downside breakout after trying to consolidate after the recent bounce. Not a good look on a wheat chart. I think the best thing we can say about wheat is that maybe, just maybe, we're going to try to put in a longer term inverted head and shoulders bottom here for wheat. But Michelle, we've tried that a couple of times previously, and it has just—it's just not held. So I think the, the level of confidence in something like that has to be fairly low. And you also have to say, well, you know, the row crops, uh, based on the report that we saw Friday, might have something to say with that, say on that, and it might not be something positive uh, because the row crops certainly had a, a, a rather negative report on Friday. Um, and then, yeah, for corn, corn was an easy follower to the downside with wheat, uh, partially because of the dollar, but also, as I said, there was just nothing bullish on the report that we saw on Friday, production yeah. higher. Wow, the yield was a really strong yield, albeit with uh, a little bit smaller harvested acreage, uh, but a bigger crop than than what we were talking about or what we had seen from the USA previously, but, but much bigger than what I think any of us had thought after all of the struggles that we had last year. Um, that's disconcerting, you know, and now we're talking uh, above a 2.2 billion bushel carryover. Yeah, you can say that export sales have been okay, pretty good, you know, but it still doesn't cut into, or at least didn't give the USDA justification to take us down below a 2.2 billion right. bushel carryover. Yeah. And you look at the global carryover, Michelle, for corn, 10 million metric tons higher month to month. Wow, that's, that's, that's really, that's a really tough pill to spot tough pill to swallow. And unless there's a absolute catastrophe with that second season corn crop down in Brazil, it's going to be tough to, to build a bullish fundamental case for corn going forward. Soybeans were able to hold some marginal gains. Ted, why was that? Was it just because we were anticipating a pretty strong crush figure? Yeah. I mean, you were, we were anticipating a strong crush figure and it was actually better than expectations. It was the single month crush record. It's great to see that. Uh, on top of that, you had a Brazilian farm agency talking about 135 million metric ton Brazilian soybean crop compared to where the USDA is at 157. Wow, what a difference that is. Um, and, and obviously, that's going to be find some friendly ears uh, for the market as well. Uh, and then you had expert inspections, which were really pretty good, and they revised last week's numbers higher. Um, so all of these fairly friendly things that you were throwing at the soybean market today I'm not going to say fell on deaf ears, but we weren't able to close anywhere near the highs. Yes, we did close positive on the day, but barely. Uh, and then again, well off the highs. So soybeans, it was a treading water day on a day where we really needed to follow through on the bounce off lows from the report on Friday. I didn't think we really got the job done. The price action to me seemed really rather weak. And I think, uh, again, I, unless we get some rather bullish news here between now and the end of the week, I feel like we're going to be uh, sniffing out those Friday lows here pretty soon. Yeah, I was going to ask you how long you thought Friday's lows were going to hold in both corn and soybeans because they held today, did not end the wheat. So technically, what are we looking at? 
Yeah, the difference being in wheat, it's not a new contract low. Uh, and it's not a new contract low for soybeans, but it's a new, you know, low since June. Uh, sure. Early Friday was. Um, for corn, it is contract lows. So, yeah, we, we barely held on in there in corn today. I think we're going to be sniffing out that uh, first thing in the morning, really, you know, Wednesday morning. Uh, I'd be surprised if we hold those lows by the end of the week for both corn and beans. How much shorter do you think the funds want to go here, Ted? They're already short in everything, and in particular, um, corn at this point. Yeah, and that's a very fair question. You know, at some point we talk about what record positions are and things like that, and they're not there yet. Uh, so they have room to add, um, and it's just one of those things that if they're they've been on the right side of this market for quite some time, and if that continues, I think they're going to continue to add. I mean, we could be in a position where. You know, they remember what happened in 12, 13. Uh, they, they know what it looks like to, to see a market have uh, an extended move to the downside. <clears throat> um, they might be emboldened to, to come up with, uh, you know, some record short positions here, really across the board in the grains. Yeah. And the cattle market managed to end higher. I know weather's been a factor here, but, you know, boxes have improved. And, of course, we've been watching cash trade. Are these things enough to get us above some of these resistance areas we haven't been able to take out? Yeah, Michelle, well, we know cash is going to be a little bit of a struggle in the very short term because packers, when dealing with these you know, really cold temperatures and uh, multiple winter storms that have been moving through, uh, that slows down their production, <clears throat> sometimes shuts them down. You know, we saw the two, <clears throat> excuse me, saw the two plants in Kansas shut down last week, <clears throat> end of last week. Uh, so there's that side of it. Uh, but in the longer run, you know, these really bitter temperatures are going to put a lot of pressure on weights and possibly produce some winter kills. So um, from a supply side, you know, over the next coming weeks, that's going to shrink a little bit. Uh, you also think that with those box beef prices going higher, that's a pretty good sign that I think your consumer went out to their grocery store, to their butcher's counter, and really kind of stocked up a little bit in front of this really cold weekend. So I think the replacement... Uh, uh, issue is going to be there. So I think I think cash has room to go higher in the next week or two. Um, I think box beef prices have room to go higher in the next week or two. And I think cattle has more upside. I, I really do think we overshot the mark to the downside. That happens uh, a lot of times, especially in livestock markets, when you have momentum you know, swinging one way or the other, especially coming off of such high highs. Uh, but now I think it's time to kind of, you know, bounce back a little bit further. And seasonally, we have tendency to go higher right now, too. Yeah, no doubt. Now, hogs went the opposite direction. Um, we've had a couple of days correction, but, you know, do you think that we just ran up into some chart resistance or is this market worried about us backing up hogs here with these storms? Yeah, I, I think there is a bit of concern about backing up hogs. You know, obviously, I think weights are going to be uh, improving for the next couple of weeks. Um, but overall, I think you've got a longer term sort of bottoming sort of formation happening in hogs. I think for the most part, we've absorbed the California issue. I think we, uh, I'm not going to say overreacted to that, but I, you know, I think we, we've had that reaction. Now going forward, it seems to me that we're putting in this longer term sort of consolidation period or, or, or bottom in there for hogs. At least that's the hope at the moment. Um, you know, but we've fallen short of the 100 day moving average. Basically for the last five sessions, we've been trying or flirting with the idea of testing it and trying to get over it. Haven't quite been able to do it. So, you know, technically speaking, we were due for a bit of a pullback from it. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Thanks for joining us. As always, Ted Seifert's Inner Egg Hedge. That is Markets Now.